Report recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. Trendsetter, he's better, his rhymes are good. He's got a gold nameplate that says, I wish she would. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, we are going to have a ton of fun. We got the results of the Crystal Pepsi giveaway in the final segment. We got some Pokemon Go talk. Going to talk about a movie I saw called Sausage Party. It's just, it's just going to be too great, my dudes. You are, you are in for a treat. And check it out. Here he is. He's back on the show. It's our guy, Iceberg13. Yo, Iceberg, what's popping, homie? What's popping? What do you mean, what's popping? I have been in the repair bay for a week, and now I have to come up here and do a show with you. I'm sorry, dude. I thought you were feeling a bit better. You know, you were you, you were up and walking around. I thought maybe you just, you know, you'd want to come up and say, say what's up to the people. I mean, that's kind of cool, right? That's not cool at all. I need some recovery time. Do you, though? I, I would think that, like, once you get your parts replaced, you're just good to go. But if you say so, man, I'm not, I'm not trying to sweat you. It's just, don't you think it's fun to come up here and just say what's up to everybody? You know, it, it must make you feel good, right? No, not at all. I don't care about that. My ego does not need to be stroked by talking at people on the internet. I don't think it's about ego. It's just, you know, the people have been wondering where you were. You sent out these cryptic tweets. You just, you haven't been on the show in weeks. They care about you, man. It's like, you do have some dudes out there who, uh, are actually concerned about your whereabouts. And, I don't know, don't don't you just want to come up here and represent? I don't need to represent. I present my rep. You feel that, homie? I don't feel that at all. What does what does that even mean? You don't represent. You present your rep. I I dig what what you know where you're coming from. I I guess. Uh, but I don't know what what does that even mean in in context of what we're talking about. The dudes just you know they want you to say what's up and you come up here you're all grouchy. Iceberg, what's really going on? There is nothing going on. Maybe I just don't feel good. Okay. Maybe I just want to go and rest. I need to lay flat so that the lubricants can reach my outer gears, the ones in my fingers and such. Okay, dude, if you say so, but there's there's tons of time later where you can lay flat. You can lay flat lay flat all day if you want. I mean, I'm just like asking you to be here for like 10 minutes, but whatever, dude, if you want to go lay flat, just just go lay flat. Why don't you just get Emily to do this portion with you? She seems to think she is on air talent now. Is that what this is about? Dude, Emily doesn't want to be on-air talent. She doesn't even like it. She barely likes being on the station. She likes flying around in her Colonial Viper blasting at stuff. But, but you know, she's, she stayed around while you were gone. She's going to do some production work, you know, once or twice a week. She's going to be here two days at the most. What What's the problem with you? I thought you guys got along great. I thought you were pals. You knew each other from back when you were on that other mission. The one where you were just, like, traveling on that, that freighter. Are you talking about when we used to do IC Robots Radio? 
available two times a month at supportthereport.com. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You guys were in space for like years together, just, you know, playing beats, playing funky music, and just, you know, floating around, checking stuff out. What, what's the problem? That was a long time ago. I don't want her horning in on my action. I am not horning in on your action, Iceberg. I am producing the show and you should be thanking me. I don't know how you do anything in here. Your editing bay is full of garbage. It's disgusting and your files are all misnamed and you use software from the early 80s. It can't even read MP3s. MP3s are a passing fad. Real audio has a superior sound. You just wait. It is making a comeback. I really don't think it is. I believe the company went bankrupt in 1998 or something. I think they merged with AltaVista and GeoCities to make a super media giant named Real Vista City or something. I am the producer of the show. I will allow you to stay on as an intern if you wish. Iceberg. You are straight bugging. I will even give you a production credit but no more than that. Iceberg, dude, come on, just chill out. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't even matter because who, who, who cares? It's just, you know, it's a, it's a, we're just dust passing in the wind, Iceberg. It's not even a big deal. Just chill out, man. We're happy to have you back. And check it out. They, they made a bit. Her and uh, Melissa and Pod B made a bit. What do you mean you made a bit? I make the bits here. This is an outrage. You made a bit. It's no big deal, Iceberg. Her and me were watching videos and we saw I'm bad by Al Ghul J and just cooked this up. It only took a minute. Don't trip. I'm tripping alright. I'm tripping out of here and back to my room. Good day. Iceberg, come on, don't leave. Come on, come back. Well, that did not go at all like I thought it would. Uh, Emily? Hit that bit. Roger that. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. Be on the lookout for a tall, light skin brother with dimples. Wearing a black candle, sweatsuit, gold chain and sneakers. Last seen on Jupiter's third largest moon Callisto headed east. Alias Icy Robot. He's bad. Yo, icy robots, just kick a little something for them cars that be bumping. Well, I don't know about all that, but if you want to talk Pokemon Go, this is the place to be. Man, I have been playing a lot, and I've been having a really great time. In a previous episode, I stated that I am all in favor of Pokemon Go. I like the fact that it gets you outside. I like the fact that... It has kind of like, you know, this just real-life-ness to it in that you have to go out and actually find the Pokemon in the wild, you know. there Sometimes they're in your house, but for the most part, you have to go out and hunt them. And I will say, I had a really great weekend the other day playing Pokemon Go. Well, it was only one day of the weekend. It was a Sunday. Me and the wife, we weren't able to drag 2.0 and her pal along with us. They didn't want to come. They decided to stay home and watch Korean rap videos or whatever they did, but, uh... We went to uh, Haworth Park. That is, it's the best park in our city for sure. It's big. It has a lot of neat playground equipment. They have a snack bar. There's a train that goes through the park. There's like a merry-go-round. They have a snack bar. I think I already said that. But they got all kinds of fun stuff. And one of the cool things they have is a lake. And I did not know this, but 
The lake is one of the places that Pokemon people hang out. Apparently, uh, water-type Pokemon are hard to come by, and this is one of the places you have to be to get it, I guess. You have to be near the water to get a water-type, and uh, dudes hang out all around the lake, and this is something else I learned about the game. There are what they call spawning spots, and that is where Pokemon appear, and the more people that are playing the game in a certain area the more spawning spots will pop up. So with all, um, you know, there was a lot of people playing. I'm, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. There was probably a hundred people at Haworth Park in this area over by the lake playing Pokemon Go. So with all those people there, there were spawning spots galore. And there's a, I forget what it's called, but there's some kind of a machine in the game you can get that you can use to attract Pokemon, and people were putting them all over the place, and it will work for everybody. It's not just for you. If you put one down, it's down for everybody, and these things, you know, attract the Pokemon to it, and people were putting them all over the place, so there were just Pokemon galore, and we had the best time walking around catching Pokemon. I got a Magikarp, which was one I wanted. I guess it's one of the weakest ones in the game, and I wanted one of those. I got a licky tongue, I think it was, some beast with a giant tongue. We had the best time, and one of the things that made it fun was there were so many people around you doing the same thing that even though you weren't, like, directly interacting with them, it did still sort of feel like a community kind of event. It's kind of weird that way, you know, because it's really just a bunch of people walking around looking at their phones while trying to find things that aren't really there. But the fact that you're surrounded by other people doing the same silly thing you are, you know, you do sort of get like a community feel. And there were people, of course, walking around who were not down with what was going on. People who wanted to enjoy the lake and they're just like, what are all these dudes walking around just looking at their phone? And I want to say, hey, hater, zip your lip because... You complain about video game dudes not getting outside enough. Well, guess what? They are all outside, and they are all walking around, so you got your wish. Do not complain about something that you wanted to happen. You wanted people to use their feet more? Well, guess what? The only way to hatch a poke egg is to walk five kilometers, and there are dudes walking five kilometers all the time who have never walked five kilometers in their life combined. That's a good thing. You know, for example, that Sunday, we uh, we went around the entire park, like, numerous times, and it's a big park, but we wanted to make sure that we got everything we could get, and that was great. It, it was exercise, and... It was the best kind of exercise because while you're doing it, you're enjoying it. So you don't even notice that you're really just, you know, burning calories and doing whatever. So we had a fantastic time playing Pokemon Go over at Haworth Park. Um, if you haven't tried the game, you really might want to give it a shot. It It's something to do. For example, if, you know, if you go out for walks, if you walk your dog or you go for walks with your old lady, you know, just go see what's going around the neighborhood, download it on your phone and bring it with you. And it will bring a bit of excitement to your walk that wasn't there before. And it will keep you out there longer. And really, that's the goal, you know. The goal is just keep stepping, keep strolling, keep going as long as you can. And this is, it's just a great uh, distraction for for doing that. It's, you know, I've always been, I always feel it necessary to like quantify things. When I go for a walk, I want to know how long I went or I want to know, how many steps I got, because that's just me. I've tried, you know, a million different pedometers, just different things, different phone apps, 
and now I have a Fitbit, and ever since I've been doing Pokemon Go, my Fitbit's flipping every day. I'm meeting my goal every day. I would, you know, for the most part, I would meet my goal, my goal of 12,000 steps, but, uh, Ever since I've been doing this, I, you know, I, I meet it every day, and I, I, you know, I broke some records that I had, and just, that's fun, man, and all thanks to my desire to try to find as many EVs I, as I can. EVs, kind of like this fox-looking one, but, um, okay, here's how it works. You capture one, and you get, you know, get experience points, and you get a Pokemon candy. If you get 25 Pokemon candies, you can evolve your Eevee. Eevee has three... Uh, different evolutions. There's like a fire one, a water one, and an electricity one. And you want to try to get all three. The one I have is the electricity one. It's my most powerful Pokemon. It's a Jolteon. And I want to get the other two evolutions. I want the water one, and I want the, uh, whatever other one it is. So I am out there looking for Eevees. Every time I see one, it's like, I gotta get it. Because I need the Poke Candy because I want these three evolutions. And I'll tell you what. That's a laudable goal because the goal is only going to come by me actually leaving the uh, Earth Command Center and going forth into the world. So, uh, let's hear it for me. Let's give it up to me. And let's, uh, let's move forward into the next segment of the show where we're going to take a look at a movie I saw known as, uh, Sausage Party. It was quite great. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper... But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? We get chosen, they're choosing us for death. We can fight these monsters. Critics are calling Sausage Party a filthy R-rated masterpiece. We need to unite! We have to cooperate and... Ah! Oh no, pizza! Seth Rogen, Kristen Wiig, Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah. Oh my god, I'm smushed. I love the way your face just kind of gives up halfway down. James Franco, Edward Norton, Selma Hayek. Oh, it's Santa Chimichang. I promise to be a good taco. Sausage Party, rated R. Sausage Party is an animated R-rated comedy. You don't see that very often. It is right now sitting at 82%. On Rotten Tomatoes, it is certified fresh, and I'll tell you what, I liked it a lot. The movie stars uh, Seth Rogen as a hot dog and Kristen Wiig as a bun. The basic idea is that the food we eat and the things we, you know, ingest all, in actuality, are alive. And, well, they <laughs> they develop, and the, the food in the store develops a religion that allows them to face being eaten happily. They believe that we are the gods, we are the creators, and we take them away from the store when we purchase them, and, you know, we take care of them for the rest of their days. And when faced with the truth that they are, in fact, killed and eaten, all heck breaks loose. It's, uh... It is a lot more thought-provoking than you would think. It's kind of a super juvenile comedy, and it's hilarious. I thought this movie was great, but there is a lot of thought-provoking stuff in here. There's a lot of stuff about, you know, religion and belief and faith. I liked this a lot. It stars, you know, Seth Rogen and Kristen Wiig, as we said, but there's also, you know, the regulars, Jonah Hill, Bill Hader, Michael uh, Michael uh, Sarah. I don't know why I just got so tied up on Michael Sarah's name. I have no idea. James Franco, 
there is Salma Hayek as a taco. This movie was just, it was just a delight. I thought I, I had such a good time. Um, the trailers had led me to believe that you can see in the trailers, you know, they get taken to the home. They're purchased from the store and they go to the home. And in the home, they discover what, what fate meets them. And, you know, terror. They are just covered in terror. And I uh, thought that at that point they would go back to the store and they would t try to you know, rescue all their friends from being eaten. But in reality, the movie is a story of a trip through the store. They go through the different aisles and the different sections, which represent, you know, um, different ethnicities, ethnicities, or whatever, however... You say that word, you know, get the Mexican section, the Asian section, you know, the the Jewish food, the kosher food, all that kind of stuff. And each one of them is like a different country with different things. And as they go through, you know, they learn different lessons. It was really, really a lot of fun. And it got me to thinking, when was the last time I saw an R-rated cartoon? I, uh, I thought about heavy metal. And then there was, you know, South Park. That was one. I know there was an Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie, and I'm not kind of like anime because I'm not really like, I'm not so much of an anime guy. I know there's, you know, tons of uh, cool R-rated movies in that genre, but I'm just thinking of Western animation, and there has not been that many. So there is a chance that this is the best Western R-rated animated movie of all the times. It's a distinct possibility. This movie was a lot of fun. It's not perfect. It's flawed, of course. You know, there's a lot of like completely juvenile humor, but... It's funny. If you want to just go and have a good time and you want to laugh and just let loose and really enjoy something, Sausage Party is not a bad way to go. I recommend it. I think I, you know, I'm going to go and say it's like three and a half stars, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood, three and a half mics on the good old source meter. You, if you like silly, raunchy, goofy kind of comedies, just by all means go out and see this. It was... A lot of fun and you know you might learn something about yourself and about the world by the time it's over so uh with all that said let's get moving into the next segment of the shizzy hey this is michael bell the voice of duke on gi joe and you're listening to the toys r us report yo joe Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the Toys R Us report with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. Maybe a Ghostbusters action figure or a Star Trek Pride hat. It's really up to you. Virtualdirtmall.com. You won't be sorry for long. Up next, what's sure to be an awesome segment, Who's Who in the DC Comics Universe. You're welcome in advance. Hey, uh, a short time ago, I was poking around on Facebook, and if you ever want to find us on Facebook, you can do so over at uh, facebook.com backslash icrobots. There is all sorts of fun, offbeat shenanigans taking place over there at all times, so... Do yourself a favor, hop on over. So anyway, I was, uh, you know, poking around Facebook and I see my, my good friend, show patron and good friend Gino Vega. He made a post and he said that um, after years of, you know, after years of searching, after years of doing everything he could, he uh, finally found out the name of a hero that had been plaguing him for a while, a DC Comics hero. And this dude 
was a dude known as Buona Beast, and it got me thinking. I haven't done Who's Who in the DC Universe in a while, and I do kind of like to stick to the offbeat characters, and who is more offbeat than the Buona Beast? So, let's, uh, let's take a look right here. What we, what we prefer to do is our method, our chosen method is we take a look at the seminal 80s reference guide, who's who in the DC universe, and we, we check out the guy who's in there, the guy we're looking for, and we see what they have to say about him. This particular episode, or issue rather, is May 1985, it goes all the way from Black Lightning, one of my favorite characters, Black Lightning, all the way to Bythe. Bythe is a bald-haired, weird, bald-headed weirdo in a purple and yellow jumpsuit. No, it's like, it is, what do you call, I forget what you call that. It's like a bodysuit with no legs. What a weird looking dude. Right before Blythe is Buona Beast. Let's see what we can see right off the bat. He, he is a very muscular white man wearing a red and yellow mask. The mask is, it kind of goes out in a, a V shape. It's very similar to like Electro from Marvel, but imagine Electro instead with a V as opposed to a lightning. And the yellow is leopard print. He also has leopard print around his boots. His boots are red with yellow trim. The uh, trim is a leopard. He wears a loincloth, a white and red striped loincloth. Always weird. This particular page was written by Chuck Patton or drawn by Chuck Patton. Man, I am just, I am off my game, but let's see. The personal data, data, for Buona Beast, his alter ego is that of Michael Payson Maxwell. His occupation is a game ranger, zoologist, he's single. His known relatives are Gilbert Maxwell, that's his dad. He is not affiliated with any group. His base of operations is the Zambezi Nation in Africa. He first appeared in showcase number 66. He is six foot six, but this Maxwell, he's only six feet tall. We'll, we'll get into that. And uh, he weighs 285 pounds. But his max, he is 190. He has blue hair and blonde eyes. Very, uh, pretty typical Aryan type guy, which will play into the story a bit. So let's see. After graduating from college with highest honors, Mike Maxwell declined his billionaire's father offer to join the family business. And instead, he decided to join his colleague and roommate, Rupert Kinboya, in Africa. Becoming a game warden and the head of the new Zambezi nation, Game Preserves. He chose the life, uh, the road less traveled. He chose a bit more adventure. But, I don't know. When you do something like that, you do kind of, I think, in your heart know that you have the whole, uh, millionaire dad thing to fall back upon. So why not, you know? When the private aircraft carrying Maxwell and Camboya to Zambezi was struck by lightning, it crashed atop Mount Kilimanjaro, which always makes me think of a favorite tune of mine. Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the sea. The two injured men took refuge in the cavern home of a mutant red ape. While drinking rainwater that had been filtered through the cavern's mineral-laden walls, Maxwell suddenly found he was growing larger stronger and more ferocious and he was able to subdue the attacking red ape with ease now that's some strength that is some power you know an ape's coming at you and you just you wrestle it to the ground but once he drank that mineral laden water i wonder what that was even i wonder what the minerals were I, i'm very curious but not not curious enough to actually like look into it 
He drank that water and he grew. He went from his normal six foot 190 to six foot six 280. That's like, that's like Brock Lesnar size. He became a Brock Lesnar of the jungles, of the Serengeti, of the Barren Plains. And when that ape came at him, Suplex City, I bet. He probably dumped him right on his head and knocked him out. I would imagine that an ape, while rugged and rough, if you herk it up, you give it a German suplex, drop it on his head. I do not know if he's going to be ready for that. I'm, I'm thinking he's just going to, he's just going to tap out. They're probably just so used to ripping people limb from limb that if you, if you dominate them with some Greco-Roman wrestling, they might just tap out from the jump. I say this like I'm an expert in guerrilla fighting or uh, an expert in Greco-Roman wrestling. When in reality, I am an expert in nothing. Maybe I'm an expert in cleaning vents, but even that might be debatable. You might ask the Commodore. He might say different. We know for a fact A.B. Silver said different, so I don't know. Who knows where my expertise lies? Uh, 90s hip-hop, possibly. Anyway, the uh, gorilla acknowledged our guy Maxwell as his master, and he went deep, deep into his cavern, and he came back with a red helmet that he presented to Maxwell, and when he put the helmet on his head, he discovered he was able to read the ape's mind. The ape's name was Dajuba, and it also gave him the power to control the action of Dajuba, as well as other animals. Now, Him and Dejuba, they had a conversation, you know, in in their minds. And they decided the best thing to do was to team up together with the helmet, with his super eight powers, with the mineral-laden juice, and to uh, fight crime. Fight crime out there in the jungles. To do what was necessary to keep the preserve nice and dope like it was. And he went on for many years as the Buana Beast doing just that. Buana Beast also has another power. The helmet gives him the ability to take two animals and to merge them together. For example, he could uh, he could merge a cat and a dog and you would get a dog that could uh, jump high up onto things and always land it on its feet. That's really a bad example. You could take a, uh, an ape and a rhino and you would have an ape with like a rhinoceros's hide and a horn on his head. That's pretty dope. So I did a bit more research and... I wanted to see, you know, whatever happened to Buana Beast and what happened to him uh, and Juba in the future. I was just curious, you know, you didn't see a lot of this guy. He appeared every once in a while. He might pop up in something, but he wasn't a character you did see a lot. So I did a bit of research and I discovered that Grant Morrison used him during a run of Animal Man. What happens is the Juba gets captured by a uh, a chemical company. They take him and they're going to, you know, do tests on him. So Maxwell has to, he has to don the Buana Beast helmet again and go out there. To save the Juba, and with the help of Animal Man, he's able to do so. But he also he catches anthrax during the mission. That's the the uh, thing that they were going to test on the Juba, and he catches it as well. So Animal Man has to don the Buana Beast helmet, and he combines himself and some other creature, and he's able to like pull the uh, you know the the anthrax out of his blood cells. The Buana Beast had a bit of a immediate resurgence recently. He appeared on an episode of Justice League Unlimited called uh, This Little Piggy. He was voiced by uh, Peter Ornorty, and the Batman uses him when Wonder Woman gets turned into Wonder Pig. He needs somebody who could actually communicate with animals, so he go calls Buana Beast. He also appeared in an episode of uh, The Brave and Bold. Now, I think this is where 
Gina Vega found out who he was. I believe his daughters were watching the show and they were like, check this fool out, dad. And he's like, oh my God, that's a wannabeast. That's who I've been trying to find out for, you know, whatever. And that's cool because he is a cool character. He does kind of have a cool name. I don't, so I don't know how much I like his look. I don't dig the loincloth, but I do like the helmet. Um, I also did a bit of eBay research. I wanted to see how much it would cost to get his first appearance. It is DC Showcase number 66. It's a 12 cent Silver Age book. And you could actually get this guy for like 8 bucks, 9 bucks. I believe I might go and get one. That's just too good of a price. That's a great cover. He's on the, you know, right up in front uppercutting a gorilla and sending him flying. It's great. It says Wanna Beast, the Jungle Master. His very name invokes terror and only this man knows his secret. It's uh, his friend Boyogatin, or whatever his name was. I apologize for not remembering. <coughs> anyway, I imagine that's all you could ever want to know about Buona Beast. It's just, he's only so cool at any rate. This is me, Icy Robots. This is for you, Gino Vega. We are going to move into the final segment of the show, the Toys R Us report, where we are going to learn the winner of the Crystal Pepsi giveaway. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us Report. All right, my dudes, we are back for the final segment of the show known as the Toys R Us Report, and we are going to get the we are going to get the headline out of the way, and we are going to do the Crystal Pepsi giveaway right here from the jump. What I did was I assigned every entrant a number, and then I am going to right now go on over to a random number generator on the internet, on the World Wide Web, and I am going to randomly generate a number, and we are going to find a winner of who gets... The delicious bottle of Crystal Pepsi. So, hit the button, and away we go. It is number... Number 17 on the list is... Our man, Lamar the Revenger, over on Twitter. So, if you get this, Lamar, you are the one who has won the bottle of Crystal Pepsi. That's cool, though. He is a big supporter of the show. He retweets our tweets, retweets the episodes. He shares them on Facebook. He He's a real nice guy, and I'm glad to see that uh, a true fan of the show is getting the bottle. So just hop on over to Facebook and shoot me out your address, and I'll get this. I'll get this in the mail. I'll throw some other goodies in there. Lamar the Revenger, at Lamar the Revenger on Twitter. Everybody hop on over there. Give him a follow. It's well worth it. So let's see what's going on in the world of pop culture. We are a few weeks behind. This is mostly old news. It looks like uh, Dolph Lundgren is going to appear on an episode of Arrow. He is going to play a Russian mob boss. That's cool. I'm always down to see one of these guys, uh, you know, from back in the day. And it's always cool to see them in kind of a smaller way than they were before because it takes that small, you know, what would be a minor character on the show, potentially, you know, a Russian mob boss. And it elevates it so much by having somebody like Dolph Lundgren, a legit movie star uh, of the golden age of the 80s and the 90s. They're uh, also going to stop doing flashbacks after this year on Arrow. And uh, to me, the flashbacks, they do add to the story, but at the same time, I don't care. Uh, I don't necessarily need to know what the Arrow was going through, you know, on the island. I don't know what... It, it, it does shape who he is now 
But at the same time, I don't feel like this is all stuff I need to know. I'd rather just have the story move forward, have the action move forward. Always go forward. It's okay to peek back a bit, but all we really care about is now. Let's see what else is... uh, There is going to be a musical episode on Supergirl next year. It's going to be a Supergirl Flash crossover, and it's going to be a musical episode. I don't know. I I like musical things. I like musical theater. I just, I enjoy it. I enjoy song and dance. That's just me. So I think that I'll probably like this. And uh, both the leads are veterans from Glee, the show Glee. Uh, Melissa Benoist played a character named Marley, so we've seen her sing and dance on that show. You can go hop on over YouTube. You can see her belting out some tunes and doing some dance moves. And Grant Gustin, The Flash, he was also on the show. He was the leader of the evil show choir group, The Warblers. And it was interesting for me to see him, you know, transform into The Flash because I knew him as like this this sneaky guy from The Warblers. And now he's, you know, he's playing the lead role, one of the most heroic characters on all of TV, but... Going into the episode, at least we know that they have the abilities. Who knows how it will turn out, but it has the potential to be, you know, at least a little bit of fun. Uh, Both of those two actors, you know, they're both charming. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt, and I would have to say that I'm actually looking forward to this a bit. Uh, Kevin Smith is going to direct an episode of Arrow. Not Arrow. He is going to direct an episode of Supergirl next year. They are going to call it Supergirl Lives kind of taking off on uh, Superman Lives, a movie that he wrote that was never produced. There's a good documentary about that. Uh, I'm not sure. It might be on, you know what? It's it's on cable rotation now. So if you get like the Stars Showtime or whatever, I think it might actually be on the on-demand. So you could do a search for that. I forget uh, the name of it, but there's a good doc about that Superman movie and just how the whole thing fell apart. Real fascinating stuff. And if you are in the least bit a fan of Kevin Smith, you would definitely enjoy that. I had I had to go look it up. I've actually been gone for about 30 seconds. You wouldn't even know. Couldn't even tell. It's called The Death of Superman Lives, and it's uh, on Showtime. It's in Showtime rotation. I So, are you guys having luck finding Crystal Pepsi around where you are? Uh, for us, we use the Pepsi Finder thing on Pepsi.com, and it told us that they had some over at the Big Lots. So, we went over there, but it had already been sold out. And my wife asked one of the uh, salespeople, and they said, oh, we had it, but it was gone really fast, but we're going to get some in later this week, so give us a call or whatever. And then it's sort of, you know, like, like a light bulb popped on the top of the old lady's head, and she realized, you know, that girl I know named Jessica, her husband is the Pepsi distributor for this region. I'm going to go and give him a call and just see if he can tell us where he might have dropped some off. So she did that, and he's like, oh, yeah. We got that. We got a real limited amount around here, but one of my guys just dropped some off at the Lucky's over in Montgomery Village this morning. So if you go there, there's probably still some. So we headed over there and indeed there was, there was some. So we bought like, I think we bought four bottles. I drank one, 2.0 drank one. I'm giving one away and then there's one in the fridge. Um, But then the other day we went to Safeway and I saw a few there, not very many but there was a few. Uh, somebody told me that they might be a Rite Aid. But from what I understand, it's going for like $15 a bottle on eBay. And people are just snatching it up to resell it. That's kind of... I'm not into that. I don't... I buy mine. And I figure I can buy as many as I want to use. But I'm not going to gouge somebody else out there. I'm not going to gouge some stranger. I'm going to like 
try to share the retro goodness. You know, I want everybody to get a taste. Uh, I'm giving away like a, a quarter of my supply just, you know, just because, because I want to share the retro goodness. But I, I think that this is nowhere near as rare as the Ecto Cooler was. When that was out, I still haven't found the juice boxes for that. I do have to admit that I gave up the search a while ago. Once I, once I bought a case on Amazon, a case of cans, my, uh, my need was filled. So I, I kind of stopped looking. So maybe it's everywhere. I don't know. I don't think it is. But this is nowhere near as obscure as that. Uh, I have to admit that I kind of do prefer it a bit more obscure. It's kind of fun to go out there and look for things. It's fun to hunt because when you finally do succeed, it's very satisfying. So I, I, I don't I don't mind that. I wonder what's going to be the next soda that they bring back. Um, maybe Pepsi Blue. I was thinking there was there's a, lot, a lot of popularity for that. I, I looked it up on eBay and uh, a bottle of that goes for like 50 bucks. I... I wasn't a Pepsi Blue guy. I don't really... I drink Diet Pepsi, and I honestly, that's just what I kind of stick with for the most part. Every once in a while, I'll drink like a Diet Dr. Pepper. Diet Dr. Pepper is pretty good, but I didn't switch. If they don't have like a diet alternative, I don't really go for it. It's, it's just too many calories at one time because it's like a meal. You know, soda is a, a, a full-strength soda is a lot of calories, so I kind of stick to the diet. They never had Diet Pepsi Blue, so I don't know. I think I'd like to see them bring back Tab. I... I always thought Tab tasted awful. It had this weird aftertaste to it, but for some reason, I want to taste it again. I want to get that weird Tab aftertaste. Some people have reported that there's still, like, Tab for sale in, in whatever region they live in. I wonder where that is and if it's worth the trek. It's probably not. Um, but I would, I would, uh, I want to see, I just want to feel it because it, it was so weird. There was just, like, this weird bitter taste to it. It's probably whatever the, the uh, sweetener was that they used um i don't know that's pretty much all that's going on that i can think of oh some people are reporting that they're seeing dark crystal uh reaction figures at the toys r us i have not yet i've gone to check out a couple uh, and i haven't seen any i'm not the biggest dark crystal dude but these are are really great looking figures so let me know over on twitter at ic robots if you're if you're seeing those in your store uh and what what is it else oh there is a new set of Minimates out. There are some Walgreens exclusive animated Marvel Minimates. And there's a pack with uh, the Man-Thing that everybody's clamoring for. It's really a great Minimate. I posted a picture of it over on uh, the Facebook group. Facebook.com backslash robots. I see robots. So you can hop on over there and take a peek at that if you are so inclined. There's also an animated Luke Cage in there that's really cool. Every pack, as far as I can tell, has a Spider-Man uh I guess since one whole uh, Marvel animated show is dedicated to Spider-Man, you sort of have to dedicate, like, a big portion of the set to him. But there are other characters in the things they make that I would like to see. I think everybody feels that way. I guess I gotta get out of here. This is me, Icy Robots. I'm gonna end the show. For Engineer Emily up there in the booth, my man Iceberg, who... He took off. I don't know where he's at. Uh, this is episode number 90. Oh, I gotta say this. There will not be a new show next week. This is one of those weird months where there's five Wednesdays, and I only got so much space on the uh, the good old podcast package, and I always wonder if I should do two smaller episodes, you know, to, to make up for the extra week, or would you rather that I do just, you know... Four normal strength shows. I'm going to go for the four normal strength shows and throw out a classic episode of some sort for the extra week. It only happens a couple times a year, so don't don't even worry about it. 
But uh, that's what it's going to be. We're going to have a classic up next week. But don't worry, there's a lot of episodes you haven't heard before, so you will definitely enjoy it. But this is me, Icy Robot, signing off, episode number 90. If you don't know, now you know. Recorded live on Jupiter's moon, Callisto, this has been an IC Robots radio production.